Good evening, it's Lula Mendesin from the Sneeman podcast. The time is 10 p.m. South African Standard Time. Uh, this is the time that I would usually upload episodes. And yeah, guys, uh, I'd like to apologize about yesterday. Uh, I didn't put out a podcast, but I did put one out like uh, this morning at about 8 a.m. 8 a.m. South African Standard Time. So if you haven't checked out the podcast, uh, you should check out my episodes. And also, guys, please uh, do follow me on uh, on Spotify so that uh, you can enable notifications uh, so that when I upload an episode, you instantly get, you know, a notification because, you know, maybe some web browsers, you can't do that. But with Spotify, if you actually follow me and actually uh you know turn on notifications you can actually get notified when i upload a new episode okay so anyways uh today i'm going to talk about (laughs) something okay i shouldn't even be laughing because it's something really really serious it's something that concerns everyone probably in the world but the main two places that i'm gonna focus on is south africa and america and how there is still segregation and there's still uh, apartheid but hear me out. I'm sure some of you are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? There is no segregation. But think about this. The way things are set up right now, they're in a way that people segregate themselves at the end of the day. Think about it. Okay, there, there was um my podcast episode where I was talking about... Uh, you know, the myth of racism, you know, the myth of racism, that racism is not really a real concept. On that, I touched on the fact that um, right now, the only thing that's stopping us from actually uniting are the things that were put in place from the first place. So what's happening is you have white people living in white areas. Uh, in Okay, let me touch on America first. In America... Segregation basically started in about 1965. That's when it went full force. And uh, I'll state a fact that maybe you didn't know about. Segregation basically started because the South, after they lost the, the Civil War, they had this nostalgia about the good old times, you know, the times of slavery, uh, the, the Confederate. Uh, you know, they had statues of Confederate generals and Confederate soldiers. So they had that nostalgia for those times. That's why they have those flags. So when they had those flags, they had their nostalgia and they missed the old times. And obviously at that point, racism is brewing and it's coming back full force. So they thought, oh, you know what? Uh, I think we just just segregate ourselves. Live as white people, the black people will live as black people and will actually control where they can actually... Uh, go to work, um, go to school, everything, everything about their lives, even the water fountains, as you know, the famous pictures of the water fountains, even on the buses. Uh, if maybe there was a spare seat, uh, there's a seat that, you know, a black person is sitting on and a white person is standing, the black person needs to stand up and the white person needs to sit on the bus. So those times it was law that actually white people should live in white areas and black people should live in black areas. The same thing in South Africa, apartheid started way back 1948. Like, so I guess we are the benchmark 
of what segregation is because like apartheid and segregation is literally the same thing but most people when they talk about apartheid is like oh man yo apartheid all this thing oh oh my god apartheid how can you create an apartheid state you know <laughs> but when it comes to segregation yeah yeah those time yeah segregation yeah that was pretty bad <laughs> but apartheid is it seems like you know the lesser evil but the somewhat the same thing now in South Africa, 1948, apartheid goes full swing. Like, uh, black people had their own townships, uh, southwestern townships, Soweto. That, like, that's the biggest township in Gauteng. Most probably in Africa, um, I'm assuming, because there are so many people here. Like, it's, like, it's so huge. <laughs> it's so huge. Like, it's unimaginable. If we were to build, like, an economic base here, like, oh would cripple all the businesses around Joburg, all of them. If we, because Sowetans are the majority of people around Joburg, uh, Sentin and all of that, we, we are the most crucial, like the people living in Soweto. So now the Southwestern Townships were built and then, yeah, that's when apartheid started. And it's been like that ever since. <laughs> it's been like that ever since. Because now what happens is, when I go to town or, you know, to Joburg, Grunberg, Sentin and all those places, it has to be an, a special occasion. I can't just go there willy-nilly like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to Sentin because it's like about 18 kilometers from where I live, like maybe even 20 or something like that because Joburg is 18 kilometers. Like, so Grunberg could be a bit further or much closer depending because uh, where I live, the range is, might be a bit equal because... Those places are in close proximity to each other, and I think I'm just in the middle. So now, when I go to town or Joburg and all of that, I have to I have to actually make it like a, an event. I really need to go there. I can't just go there just casually to buy bread or something like that. I need to go there and then do my thing and all of that. And chances are of me meeting a, a white person that's so damn slim, even though in those places. You'd have to go like deep inside uh, Sentin, like like inside. Okay, Sentin it has like a lot of white people, but if you take a place like Randburg and all of that, and Joburg, Joburg there's like literally no white people living there. Maybe it's like two percent, two percent of people uh, of white, uh, you know, racial uh, phenotype that are living there. So. What are the chances of me actually meeting a white person that's so slim? Like the only time I think I meet a white person is if if I actually uh, at work, like my my boss, he's the one who's white. Like so, the chance of me actually interacting with a white person that's so slim, so that's so damn slim. So and it goes, it's the same for most black people that are living in Soweto. They're meeting white people that so it's so slim. You only meet them when you actually go to white events like if you are into this uh you know like jazz festival you know you have to actually put in effort to go to, to these places otherwise the chance of you actually meeting a white person that is so slim unless you actually put in effort so it's the same thing as white people um i i have to admit when apartheid ended a lot of um white neighborhoods uh they were like uh robbed the white people were mugged like there was a lot of criminal activity because you know 
black people they were saying they took back the country and all of that so it ended up happening that uh, white people had these big walls around them they had the high security companies and all of that because what they're scared and obviously the kids that are growing up now they'll also tell them oh white black people are so dangerous they might come in any time they can do housebreaking they, they might you know that they're, they're always on edge and that's the reality of it like because in south africa you have black people living in soweto right so when they think of doing criminal activities the first people they'll think about is people that are not living in the same area as them because chances are where you live most people are not rich they don't have that much money they don't have that much wealth and chances are they'll kill you <laughs> so they'll kill you because in soweto if you were to do housebreaking and you were to get caught you're dead like even if you have a gun the chances are they will find you or they will know who, someone who knows you. Like, so that kind of crime is quite, um, it's not something that happens that often in Soweto. You might think where we live in Soweto, there's more crime, but no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not how it works. The people living in Soweto, they're like, oh, why should I rob my neighbor? I should probably go to the suburb somewhere where I know those people have money. I know like it don't really have an impact on where I live. So most serious criminals, the criminals that actually kill people, that's where they actually go. And here in Soweto, we just have petty crime, like, you know, someone stealing something on the washing line. And it's mostly Nyaope guys, like guys who are smoking heavy drugs. Those are the ones that do that. And they don't come with guns inside of your house, like a home invasion, like how they do it in the suburbs, like a house invasion here. I have never even heard one story of a family, you know, uh, some thugs breaking in, finding the whole family there and actually robbing them and maybe killing them or even torturing them. It's like something that never, never happened. It, it has literally never happened in Soweto. So you'd find that in the suburbs, because they, they, people in Soweto assume that in the suburbs, people have money, uh, they have wealth and all of that. They actually go there and rob those people and they do the most horrific things to them like they kill them they torture them there was this other video that i watched at some point um of a guy saying that i will put your child in a hot shower or in an oven like you have no choice but to give me your money like i was like how does that even happen where where, where does that happen and it happens in the suburbs here in soweto that never happens because another thing, as I said, there's mob justice. So what happens is, it's sort of like a neighborhood watch, but it's, it's like pretty brutal. Like, they literally kill you. If they catch you doing any criminal activity, they'll kick your, your butt. Like, they'll kick your ass. They'll kill you, basically. Because they did that whole thing. If, let's say, they find you as a criminal, they have whistles. So everybody um, will flag that whistle, call out the neighbors and all of that, and everybody will come out and that that criminal is like basically toast they'll kill him like and when the cops get there they're like ah no we don't know anything so obviously there has that uh, community so they deter criminals to actually do any criminal activities i think that's one of the biggest factors that actually deter criminals from actually doing criminal activities around here because in the suburbs you know like even if you're caught when someone screams there are no neighbors there like <laughs> Your neighbor doesn't even know you or they've only seen you once or twice and they wouldn't even want to get involved in your business. You get what I mean? So now segregation in itself 
it's happening naturally. Like the government doesn't even have to try. There are no even there are no laws that can actually make people to actually become one and actually unite. Yeah, apartheid is over, but what are the chances of a white person coming to Soweto? Because most of white people that are living in the suburbs and all of that, because of their high criminal activity there, they automatically assume that even in Soweto, it's got to be worse. <laughs> they assume like I in Soweto, like they got to be killing each other every day and, yo, and nothing ever happens. Soweto is not as interesting as it used to like. The last time I saw anything interesting was like this other guy beating his wife on the street. Like that was the last time. But like hardcore thing, people shooting each other, maybe hearing that someone got shot, someone got stabbed. Those things don't happen anymore. But I have to admit they used to happen a lot, which might contradict my point of saying that criminals around here, they go to the suburbs to do, you know, those crimes. But uh, my point was they don't even torture those people and all of that. They don't torture people here. They don't do housebreakings while the people die inside the house and all of that. So segregation is happening naturally. The government doesn't even have to try because white people will stay in in the suburbs. They are scared to come this side, and which is crazy because the, the houses in the suburbs they're crazy expensive. I mean, a house there uh, for you to have like your own house like a standalone house maybe it might cost you like close to a million while here in Soweto it might cost you like 600,000 like a standalone house 600,000 rands uh, which is in dollars I don't know how much that is <laughs> so now what happens is now you have segregation naturally you don't even have to cry to, to even try there's apartheid it's happening I've never interacted with white people. They never interact with me hardly ever. Like, like it never really happens unless it's in the working environment. That's the only time you'll ever even uh, interact with white people. Or you went to an uh, interracial school, a private school. That's when you actually interact with uh, white people. And even then, even if you do have white friends there, they won't even really be that close friends to you. Like, you won't be close, close friends unless you also live where they live in the suburbs and even then it's it's not that easy like our lives are so different to a point even if you do have uh white friends it, it's not as flawless like because like you, you the things that make you laugh are so different you live such different lives even if you you do live in the suburbs like chances are you will be black at the end of the day unless you're like really really in the suburbs like you hang around you even talk white and you are basically a white person that's black <laughs> you get what i mean those people like like you can't even distinguish between them and a white person unless you become that but most of us like we're so different from white people that to a point that we can't even be friends it's not that easy being friends we would want to be friends but we are too different and I bet it's the same thing in the United States. Because in the United States, because of segregation and all of that, redlining and all those laws, black people are still living in the ghettos. And there it's even worse because like, you can't even take your child out of the area that they're living in and taking the child to another school. So at the end of the day, even if you want a quality education for your child, it won't be that easy. You can't even move to a city where it's expensive unless... 
you are really earning a lot. Even if you can afford the rent, it won't be that simple that for your child to actually settle in and, you know, it's not a familiar environment and all of that. But actually, people do actually move to other areas and stuff like that. But see, what happened is because of segregation, people automatically will segregate because that's what they've always known. In the rich suburbs, the, 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 where the rich people live in, they wouldn't even allow for there to be rich, uh, cheaper apartments. They want the prices to always be up there. Like Obviously, you want your property to be always expensive because as soon as there are other apartments there, it uh, actually decreases the value of the house. And that's why, obviously, there's a, a huge homeless problem in America is because of all those things. Because of the prices that increase, uh, the people move out, they can't even afford to live there, and then you have homeless people. But back to the segregation, everyone that's living in the ghetto, like it's like they will live there forever. It's not that simple to get out of that situation. They'll say, okay, black people are poor because it's their culture and all of that. But the things that happened in the past and the current things that are happening now, it was it's what forces people to actually stay in the ghetto. It's not that simple to actually move out because your whole environment, your your influences, the type of people that actually inspire you are actually criminals and the things that you see, you don't see any positivity. In fact, if you go to school and actually focus, you are like a social pariah. Like they, they won't even understand. They'll think that you are acting like you're better than them. So now... As a black person yourself, you'll grow up having all that anger and actually not having to interact with white people unless it's an authority, like the cops, you know, or your teacher and all of that. So at the end of the day, you'll fr people actually frown against the thought of interracial relationship. They're like, ah, no, why are you dating a white person? A white person is not that good. Like, they don't even have real reasons, but they don't even want to do it, you know? Because my, my theory is you can't really control love, but they'll actively say never marry outside your race because they're so different. They're so different. And you'd think that white people would want to assimilate because these days, like the, like segregation, the laws, they're not there. Actually, people do want to come together, because, but because of the situation and the cultural differences, it's not that easy. If, let's take a guy from the hood in America were to bring his girlfriend, a white girlfriend, to the hood, like, you already know what will happen. They'll discriminate against the, the girl and they'll, they'll call her name. They call them Becky. Becky is like that white chick that is, that is into black guys. Already there's a stigma there. Like A, a white chick would, would know that's what they will think of her. And there's this thing that... um Okay, sorry to say this, but... <laughs> A lot of white guys, when a white chick, she says she has an ex-boyfriend that was black, there's that kind of disdain. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the guy was black. What the hell? And let me tell you the truth. It has nothing to do with race. <laughs> it has nothing to do with race. Okay. Uh, let me get into, like, a different subject. Porn, for example. P-O-R-N, porn. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the black guys, oh my God. Okay, I'm black as well. But when I'm watching, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> that, that, that can be true. Like, 
what the hell you get what i mean yeah a lot of black people like genetically they're gifted when it comes to you know their member and stuff but like most black guys are not like that <laughs> most black it could be like uh 20% which is a lot maybe with white guys it's like maybe 5% maybe a few of them with chinese people i don't, I don't even want to get into that all right so now if every video you watch on tv or like let me rather say porn the guys there are hung like what would you think like you think oh my god they did a black guy oh my god <laughs> you get what i mean psychologically that's the first thing you think of like as a black guy you, like you don't have a choice like if you're a black guy and you have an average penis and you hear that a girl was dating a black guy what the hell will you do like <laughs> there's nothing you can do but as a white guy, you kind of feel like the chick has a choice that she could have dated, like, oh, in her race. Like, she shouldn't have dated a black guy because you know black guys. I don't know how it works. And most black guys are not like that. Like, think about it. Like, if most black guys were like that, like, that's, that wouldn't be a stereotype. It would be, like, a fact that most black guys are hung. And it's not like that. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, so there's that kind of segregation that, oh, if I date a black guy, all the white guys will never date me. Like, especially if I post on the internet and all of that and say, this is my black boyfriend. But I have to admit, man, like social media, you know, social justice warriors as well, and all this woke movement, it has actually uh, made people more comfortable with actually, uh, you know, integrating, like actually talking to each other interacting with each other it's making people a bit relaxed now there are more interracial relationships people are actually you know ignoring the whole race thing they're not making it about race even though there are a few people that are still a bit racist but that's usually old people like who are racist for no reason at all it's usually old people the generation that's coming up is realizing race really i don't see color <laughs> You know what? You get what I mean? So I think another thing that will end all this segregation and all of that apartheid, like for real, for real, it's people actually, you know, being of the same class, it actually helps. If you are in the same class, uh, interacting with each other, it's a bit easy. Like, you know, you have the same interest and all of that. But so if one of you is poor and they don't even know a restaurant, like, even meeting with meeting up with a friend, it might take you a very long time. Like you have to take the taxi, meeting up with them. Maybe they're in some weird area. You can't even get there. Maybe there are no taxis there or there's no transport to get there. So in itself, everyone ends up getting segregated for no reason at all. Like it happens naturally now. And for us to fix it, it will take a lot of effort. This one, like Fixing it will take a very long time because, as I'm saying, it, it's like more of a class issue now that the poor must stay in a certain area and the white people must stay in a certain area because, you know, they've accumulated their wealth. So now for us to get over that hurdle is going to be really hard. Um, black people need to work hard. We need to keep on pushing. As long as there are no laws that explicitly say that black people can't do certain things, I think the best thing we can do now is actually work hard actually put in effort and you know kill all these stereotypes that actually black people steal and all of that let's kill all that man like we ain't like that stealing is not something that you can pride yourself with 
actually working hard and actually having something to show for it and say yeah this is what i actually worked for that's something else so yeah we should continue pushing and yeah that should be the podcast for tonight um I hope we had fun. I hope you had fun. I had fun, definitely. <laughs> definitely had fun, man. Like, uh, I really enjoyed doing this. Actually bringing you all this information, my perspective. I, I wish, like, podcasts, we could really, like, uh, interact with, with each other, you know, like a live stream. But I am thinking of doing a YouTube live, live stream. But for now, it should be uh, a straight-up podcast I upload. So it's more of a futuristic thing. So, yeah, man, uh, please, as I said, uh, share this with anyone who might be interested uh, on Spotify. Please follow me. If you want to talk, you know where to find me, lulamayanderson at gmail.com. Yeah, man, let's get into this and make sure that you come back tomorrow and we'll talk again. Sharp, sharp.